Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Bibliotheques and Discussion. Today, I've got the great pleasure of being joined by photographer Martin Parr. Good, good afternoon, Martin. Hi there. Thank you for giving me up your time to speak to you about what one about your photo books, two about the foundation, three about your your just passion and love for for the community as well. Um, but before we get into talking about your photo books, Martin. I'm sure many of my listeners have heard about you and very much aware of your work, but it'd be great if you could give an, an introduction to your photographic journey and your background. Well, how do I do that? Because it, it is a 50-year journey. I, <laughs> I, I, I knew I wanted to be a photographer by about the age of 13 or 14 because my grandfather had getting me interested in the whole thing. Brilliant. And therefore, the only thing that I could really do is go to college and study photography because uh, I only got one A-level. Uh, I was only able to go to Manchester Polytechnic Right. Which, of course, in the end, I look back and think, wow, that was a good thing to have done. Yeah. The alternative would have been Derby. And uh, in the end, the leads that came from Manchester have served me very well. And basically, I've been a photographer ever since. Uh, I guess my first and early days, I was involved with teaching. And then when I joined Magnum in the 80s and, and also turned to colour, yeah. uh, I began to do you know, more editorial work and more recently, editorial plus commercial work as well. Last week, I did a job for Zara, for example. Right. And over this time, I built up an extensive archive of uh, my pictures of, of around the world, but I guess in particular in Britain. And, uh, you know, that's something I'm very proud of and continue to add to it. You know, I've been out photographing uh, this weekend and we'll be out next weekend. Uh, the summer is a time to you know, go and shoot for me. That's when people are out and about doing things, there's, there's events on, there's festivals. Yeah. So, you know, I love photographing people. So that's exactly what I'll be doing. Right. It's, it's, it's wonderful to hear just how much of the passion is still there for you. And as you say, the, the summer months for, 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 for shooting the people at the seaside at big events, that's, that's obviously the prime time. And obviously your grandfather, I believe, was the one who really brought you into photography. What, what, what was the real passion that drew you to the subject matter that you're so passionate about photographing? Um, I mean, I like photographing people. I like people. I'm fascinated by what they do. Yep. And I guess every day, this is very significant for me, every day when you go out, you think, I might just get a good picture. Now, yeah. usually... It doesn't happen because most of the pictures I take are pretty bad. I mean, I just dismiss them. I look on the screen and even the medium ones I get printed out. And it's from those prints that I'll make the final edit, which will go onto the Magnum site yeah. which is called Cortex. Uh, but we have to believe us photographers every day we're going to take a decent picture. Uh, one of those pictures that sort of really lasts, that yeah. uh, you know, it almost can become an icon. Pictures don't become icons immediately. They, they need time to sort of find a, a yeah. response from the audience, uh, which, of course, you can build up in many ways through books, through the Internet, with Instagram, whatever, uh, through exhibitions. Uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I'm always hoping and believing that today I will take a good picture. Yeah, I, I, th I think that not that doesn't just apply to you. I think that applies to all of us. We all go out in search of the, the one day that we come back or look in the back of the screen and you think, Yes, I might have something there as opposed to mm, maybe not, yeah. maybe not so sure. And I think that's I think that's what keeps us driving and drives us forward to to keep going in search for the picture. But obviously, you're you're very much uh, attracted to the seaside resorts as well. And I'm a oh. big fan of your work. And I also see many other people who 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 have produced similar work. So what what attracts you to the the classic British countryside or British seaside? Sorry. Uh, well, I've always liked the seaside. I mean, interestingly, my parents were bird watchers. Yeah. Uh, so when I was a young kid, 
we didn't get taken to seaside resorts. We had to take to marshes and cliffs, yeah. looking for waders and warblers. Yeah. Uh, so I think really, uh, when I went to Manchester, I used to go and visit Blackpool. And that's when I really started to sort of enjoy the idea of these uh, amazing resorts. And I think that love of the resort has always been with me. And throughout my career, I've tried different ways of using photography. And I often experiment first with a resort. You know, when I did change from black and white to color, I did the New Brighton, and then I did close-up pictures where I went to places like Benidorm. And then more recently, I've been going back and looking uh, at the beach through the telephoto lens and exploring what's possible there. I did a book called Beach Therapy about uh, four years ago, and I'm continuing to use both, you know, a normal standard lens and the telephoto just to see if you can get something interesting. I, I still think uh, within the art world, it's a very underexploited sort of tool, and I'm fascinated by what it can do to images. And that's really, you know, that's part of the investigation. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 absolutely fascinating how, yeah, just, just a, a simple change of maybe some of the equipment that you're using pr- produces very, very different results. And and I suppose from the perspective of photo books, what what really attracts you, and what where does the passion for for photo books? You've you've published numerous numerous books, so mm-hmm. what, what what's the drive, and, and what appeals to you about the about the format? Uh, well, I guess the photo book is the ultimate statement any photographer can ever make. I mean, yeah. you'll never find a photographer that doesn't want to do a book. And <laughs> I've been very lucky; I've done over a hundred. And I mean, not all of them are very good. There's a few duffers in there. I'm not going to tell you which ones they are. <laughs> I'll actually later no on. way could I do 100 books that are great. It's, it's just impossible. But what I like is uh, you have control over the, uh, the the narrative. You you know you can sequence the pictures. Yeah. You can put in 40, 200 pictures, so you can make a full statement. Yeah. Most of the time in competitions, you know, you, you'll be lucky to have six if you're lucky. Yes. Uh, usually, it's one picture. And you can never really tell a story from one image. So I like the idea that you have this opportunity to, to um, you know, build up a, a narrative and to really demonstrate what it is you're trying to articulate. And the other thing about books is that they never disappear. People don't throw away even bad books. I, I find it impossible. People do send me books, and some of them aren't very good. I just can't put them in the bin. No. You know, I, something about a book, well, there's a magazine or a newspaper or anything like that, I can just happily tip away and put it in the recycling bin. But a book, I could never do that too. Yeah, I, I know. I, Have you I, ever I, thrown I, away a book? No, I, absolutely, absolutely not. I, I couldn't. I, 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 could, I could give it to someone else, but I could, I could certainly never throw it out. Um, because, as you say, it's, 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 the fin- it's the finished product that someone's taken time to, to produce, publish, and yeah, for me, I, I could never throw. I could never throw it out. I could maybe give away some novels. I've never given away a photo book. Um, there you go. So that's something we got in common. Yeah, I, I, albeit you, albeit you did, you did give away your original book collection, and then you. I, you and I didn't give it away. I sold it. You sold. You sold it for a, a very good price, and that yeah. was interesting. I mean, I used to have thirteen thousand books. I mean, you can see now. I'm yeah. surrounded in the library. There's books behind me. Uh, you can see the locked cabinet, even which has got some of the rarities in. Yeah. Um, but what what happened was, um, you know, I really felt bereft. It's like losing a child almost when these books went. But what I did is I bought the collection from Chris Killip, who was retiring from Harvard University, had a fantastic collection in his office. Yeah. So I bought that. That came over here. Uh, and then I had to rebuy the that was very international, that collection. Yep. That is to the left. I'll just show you. Oh, you can see it there. That's oh. the Chris Killip wall. Fantastic. And then I had to buy the British books all over again. There's quite a few that he had, 
yeah. but because I'd, I'd given or sold to the Tate the entire collection, uh, I had to actually rebuy a lot of the books. But because I had four years to do that, uh, it wasn't too bad. And, and some of these were very expensive, like uh, Thompson's Street Life of London, the, the guy in Glasgow who did the closest, I can't remember his name now. You know, yeah. so I had to spend a lot of money on uh, this second collection, probably more than I did in the first time round. But hey, listen, I, I got a good lot of money and that's helped me to put up the foundation here, yeah, which of course, you know, will be all part of my legacy when I'm dead, <laughs> which will happen. <laughs> Sooner or later, you could. Yeah, it, it will happen. It will happen. It will happen to us all. And at some point, yes, we, we we none of us will be here forever. But I suppose, I suppose, come, talking coming back to your books, how important is the narrative that you, you're trying, you're getting across in, in your curation and selection of the images, and and how oh, important, it, how important is the curation as well for the for the work? I think it's very important. I mean, uh, the first thing you've got to have to make a good book are good pictures. Yeah. Then on top of that, you have to have a design. That sort of echoes what the book is trying to do. Uh, you have to get good printing. Well, you have to have printing that's suitable to the project. I mean, I've seen some terrific books published on newspaper. You know, it doesn't have to be um, yes. tritone yeah. on uh, beautiful thick paper. You know, yeah. but there are different ways to make different books. But it has to be appropriate to the book that you're trying to uh, compile. Yeah. And uh, I mean, this, as I say, most of the books that I see coming out, uh, people are trying to publish a book too early. It's too easy to make a book. Yeah, I could yeah. go out this afternoon, uh, for example, with a loaded camera, walk around the estate here, come back with three rolls of film and, and produce a book. But it'd be absolute crap. Yeah. You know, so uh, most people produce books that, you know, they shouldn't have done it. They've done it too early. You know, they, they, they hadn't resolved or actually worked out what it was in their work that was special, that really made, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the relationship between you and the subject the connection that you have gained, that's really where the good books and the good photography will come from. Uh, and I say most people don't actually ever achieve that. Because what people do, of course, is they look at the images, which is the right thing to do, and they copy them, you know, and they never actually quite make it their own. You know, they're just basically picking up on the trends within contemporary photography. And you yeah, know what yeah. it's like, you know, you have friends and family, it's all a bit wobbly, you know, it's in color. You can just imagine, you can see it now, you know, all very much sort of from Nan Golden, Corinne Day, that type of photography. We see it all the time, you know, and um, a, a lot of it is pretty poor. Yeah. So I plead with your uh, listeners. They're not viewers, are they? It's only... Oh, no, it's all, they're, all, they're all listeners, yes. They, they all right, I plead with them, please don't publish your book too early. Just keep on going until you've really made that statement. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's very difficult to actually communicate what you want to say through a series of pictures uh, and it should be quite subtle uh, but when you've got that that's the time to publish and not before yeah absolutely and how I'm, I'm interested because obviously some some of your books and I, I know you, one of one of your recent ones from the Pope to flat white that that that's a, a body of work that I think you'd photographed over four decades so how, how do you approach something when when you're when you're looking at images over such a, a long period of time when I suppose maybe some other projects are over a much shorter focused time period yeah I mean each book is different sometimes uh, I'm going into my archive sometimes I'm doing a commission which also becomes a book I mean that's a real challenge to try and make uh, enough decent pictures in say two weeks that it can actually sustain itself as a book, but I've done that many times. Yeah, some have been more successful than others. You know, in the end, perhaps uh, 
you know, you should say no. But the invitation to do a book, <laughs> you've got a body of work uh, put together, is, is very tempting. So, you know, you could argue I'm being weak here by not making sure <laughs> that every picture is me telling your listeners, you know, to not publish too soon. And I, I've done it myself. You know, yeah. I'm a hypocrite. I don't mind admitting that. Yeah. Um, and then some books come from my archive. I just did something called Deja Vu, uh, where this guy uh, called Lee Schumel in uh, Paris has a big collection of anonymous photographs. And he paired up some of my pictures with images that he'd found on places like eBay. And it worked really well. And this is something, uh, uh, you know, he told me he was going to do this. He made a proposal, showed me the dummy, and I liked it straight away. And we just tweaked a few pictures and off it went to be published. Brilliant, yeah, and it's, it's, it can be it can be as simple as that. I suppose it all it all depends on the idea. It all depends on on the book as well. And do you work? Uh, I suppose when you're doing the books, do you do all the sequencing yourself, or do you do you work with designers who then maybe in, impact on that as well? I'm happy for someone to do a, an initial edit, and then I'll tweak it. I'll take out some pictures. I'll change the sequence. Uh, whatever you know. Uh, yeah. So often, uh, you know, I'd invite someone to make the initial sequence. And then I will adjust it accordingly to make it uh, sort of fit into how I think it should work. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, I know, as part of you, I know, in, in part of the foundation, you have a collection of demo books as well, where people have maybe. Do you do that yourself? How important do you find that is in terms of people just experimenting and, and making, I suppose, the handmade. Well, I mean, back in the day before digital, yeah. I didn't really make uh, any PDFs. I think I only did one. Yeah. Uh, and of course, these are the very things now that I'm trying trying to acquire from different photographers. I mean, yesterday we went to visit Janine Weedell, who's a very good photographer, yeah. and I acquired from her two dummies, one of which has real silver prints in, from a book she did way back in the 60s, another one which has got photocopies in. Uh, but they're both very great uh, documents to show. Uh, one got published, one didn't, and yeah. uh, we're absolutely delighted. And it's pretty difficult now to locate. You know, you've got to be like in your 60s and 70s if you've got a an analog dummy because most people now just create a PDF and I'm exactly the same. You know, all the books that I do now would have a PDF and it's the PDF that ultimately will adjust and uh, then it would go to the printer. Yeah. And do, and do you collect handmade books as part of, as part of it, as part of the collection as well, or do you focus more on just the unpublished books? Yeah. Sometimes we, we pick up uh, handmade books. Um, it just depends, you know, it depends on what I'm looking at. Uh, you know, we've recently bought some wonderful books from a guy called uh, David Amara, uh, oh, an Irish yeah. guy who's yes. uh, who, who's a photographer and a builder at the same time. I don't know if you've come across him. I do. I've got I've got one of his books. He's based out in London, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's, a, he's so, a painter, builder, or something like that. Yeah. That's right. So we we're very happy to get those. Uh, yeah. But not many people make handmade books. I'd say these days. It, occasionally, you'll get a book with a print in. You know, a special yeah. edition. That's yeah. something I do as well. You know, it helps to uh, yeah. uh, make the book more profitable because, okay. you know, many books, as you well know, your listeners will probably find out yeah. when you think you've got enough work for a book, you'll go to a, a publisher, whether it's, say, Dowie Lewis or Goss, and they'll say, fantastic, we'll do it. But you need to raise 20,000 quid. Yeah. In order and to and that is the way of the world. You know, there are very few publishers now where they don't expect some kind of input in terms of cash from the photographer. Yeah, because basically publishing these books, you know, I mean, uh, is it, basic, you know, doesn't make a profit, especially yeah. if you don't sell many. And, yeah. and uh, you know, people always publish too many books. They always think, oh, I'm going to sell a thousand copies. And they find out that they've sold 128. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think many people realise that the ability to sell books is not quite as easy as one thinks. If it doesn't matter if you've got a following of a hundred thousand people on on social media, that's mm-hmm. probably far easier to achieve than selling a thousand copies of a book that you you've gone to blood, sweat, and tears over. I mean, some people have done very well with Kickstarter. That's one way of um, yeah. raising money to do a book. Uh, I mean, I'm looking all the time at Kickstarter to see. Uh, uh, you know, if there's any interesting books coming up that have yeah. been uh, produced by a British photographer or have been done about Britain. You know, remember the foundation here, the main aim of our, what we do is to collect yeah. and to showcase uh, British doc- British and Irish yes. uh, documentary work. So, you know, that's why we have such a vast library. You know, we have now maybe three to 5,000 books here, of which say one and a half thousand are international. Uh, and the rest come from Scotland, Wales, England and Ireland. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 quite quite an incredible collection. Um, but I, I suppose one of the first books I bought of yours was actually was actually your lands one of your landscape books, uh, the Scottish po- remote post boxes, um, and it's, it's it's a brilliant brilliant body of work. Something that really really appeals to me. And actually, I'm currently sitting up in the Cairn dorms at the moment. Um, and when we go out for a wee walk around the village, there's always this wee single post box that just reminds me. Of, yeah. of, of, of your Good. book. So I mean, I, you, you say it's one of my landscape books. Let me tell you something. It's my only landscape <laughs> book. And, and that will be the case until I drop dead. So, yeah, uh, you've got a unique uh, item there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always one. Every time I'm walking somewhere and I, I see this, just a, a, a red post box standing alone, it, it just remind, it reminds me of your work. But at the same time, I, I, I love the connection to your seaside photography uh, as a kid. You, Everyone, I think most people always went on seaside holidays somewhere. They're maybe not as popular in Scotland as they are down on the, certainly down on the south coast as well. But it, it's it's wonderful looking through your work and it just reminds you of, of my experiences and you see all the unique individuals that, uh, mm. that exist within these locations. Absolutely. I mean, one of the first things I saw was the, uh, the work of Tony Ray Jones, uh, someone called Bill Jay, who was the editor of um, Creative Camera, was doing yep. a round coming to different colleges and talking about British photography. And uh, he did did come to Manchester Polytechnic, which is where people like uh, Brian Griffin, Daniel Meadows, Peter Fraser were all studying as well. And he showed the work of Ray Jones that he'd done in the 60s, the the brilliant work, which eventually was published uh, as a book called A Day Off, after he died, sadly. And uh, that was a real turn on for me because he, he, he does a lot of pictures at the seaside and you know, he sort of caught something that I hadn't really seen before, which is sort of people, you know, photographing almost the spaces between people rather than the thing itself. And that's what he was so good at. Uh, and that's always been one of my inspirations. So, you know, I'd still pick A Day Off as being one of my favorite books. I yeah. remember buying it literally on the day that it was published in 1974. Jesus, yeah. And it's great that, that people people remember books that really attracted them and 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 in i suppose um motivated them and inspired them as well because i think that's what many of us can relate to are are the books books that we sometimes collect are ones that inspire us to to go out and and create some new work correct what's your favorite book then my favorite book is probably michael kenna's hokkaido um one i have a particular fondness for Japan. I really like Japan. I, I love it as a country. 
the simplicity of it. I like black and white work as well. And I, I, I like lands, I like a lot of landscapes. So there's there's kind of the blend of those connections. And I and also as a physical object as well with the, the maple wood cover. I, I, I like the, the tactile elements as well. So that that's probably my favorite book. My other books, I think, vary all the time, depending on maybe what sort of mood I'm in, what I'm enjoying looking at, what I've maybe seen elsewhere that then inspires me to pick something else up. Um, but certainly from from doing all these all these podcasts, it's it's opened my eyes to such a whole variety of yeah. new styles, new approaches. I mean, I was looking through all the list of the people you've interviewed, there's very few of them actually I'd heard of. And many of them had done books. So it is amazing what's going on. And, you know, we try pretty hard to yeah. find things, but uh, clearly we can't get everything. It's, it's just impossible. But I, absolutely. And I, I see that. I see that as well. Some books that I, I see come out and it, it's by pure luck by seeing something on social media that you're able to pick up a copy of it because someone might have done something. It's such a small run um, of maybe 50 or 100 copies that, unless you're actually there at the right time you you miss it and there's there's some there's some great work and um i follow a lot of the publishers cafe royale books obviously i know you've done a lot with uh, quite a number with them I, I i love i love all those all of their bodies of work it's not the style of photography i, I shoot myself um but I, I i really appreciate it and particularly when it's a location that i've got maybe a particular connection with i've got one of yours which was the Presswick mental hospital and then I've picked up a whole selection of the ones from Glasgow going back to the 60s and 70s. And it's it's wonderful you, you, you because those are the ones where you feel, I feel as though maybe I've got a stronger connection to. I mean, we do a, a book festival every year, which is yeah. getting bigger and bigger. It's in October this year, it's going to be October the 8th and the 9th. And we have uh, 30 to 40 publishers and then a whole selection of photographers who individually take half a table and, right. and show their newly published book. Uh, and events like this are a fantastic way of catching up because otherwise, you know, how do you keep up with what 30 publishers are doing? You can't actually see the books. So uh, I hope we were coming down, uh, flying down for that uh, because it's a great opportunity. And we have 10 brilliant talks on at the same time. So it's a great weekend. Yeah, I, I, I plan on being down there um, this, this year for sure. Um, it will be, yeah, be wonderful just to, just to see and be immersed in the environment um, of people publishing books and it's, it's wonderful to, be able to just pick books up and, and see books and I yeah much like yourself I don't have quite the same collection that you do um but uh, but it, it's it's great and it's it's really it's it's really inspiring and what what are, what are your plans are you working on other books at the moment as well and uh yeah I'm doing a book interestingly with Cartier Bresson uh, uh which is something I thought, I thought I'd never do yeah. But uh, in the 60s, he came to Britain and produced a film uh, for ITV, in fact. And this film has a lot of still pictures in. And he took these still pictures and these images in the north of England, places like Blackpool, have never been shown publicly. So they're showing those pictures. And they've also shown, uh, they've also got 50 of my pictures taken in the north. And uh, they're going to put them together. So you may recall that uh, back in the uh, 80s, in the 90s, I had a show in Paris called Small World, yep. and he declared after seeing the exhibition, he didn't much like it. I came from another planet. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he sent me this angry fax, and I wrote back to him and says, I understand where you're coming from, but why shoot the messenger? And uh, we wrote these letters, and these letters will be um, displayed in the uh, exhibition, and the show is called Reconciliation. 
Yeah, finally, you know, we are doing a show together, which yeah. is something I never thought would happen. And and, and wonder, wonderfully titled as well, given that given the letter exchange going back all those years. And when when you come to to publish a new book, how how does how does the project begin? Is it does it start off with someone approaching you, or does it start with an idea that you've got? I can imagine it's maybe a mix of both. Well, in this case, uh, the director of um, the, the foundation is a guy called Francois Habel, who I know very well, and I've worked with uh, on many projects over the years. And it was basically his idea. Right. He said, how about doing a show? We're opening this new gallery, which is in the basement there. It's just being done up right now. How about doing a show with Kaji Bresson? And of course, I said yes immediately. Who yeah. can any, how can anyone sort of uh, say no to that? Yeah, and in term in terms of books in general, are you do the ideas for or does the the concept and for most of your books come from being approached by others, or is it some something that you come up with when you're when you're maybe trolling through your archives? It's a mix, really, of yep. um, you know uh, ideas that come from the archive. I'm going to do a book about fashion in the next few years because right. I've been shooting fashion for over thirty years now, and I've got I've accumulated a lot of fashion pictures. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's, uh, you know, a publisher will contact me uh, and I'll think of something I'd like to do, uh, you know, a different way of looking at the archive, maybe including yep. new pictures, right. you know, for the Irish book, we went back to Dublin in 2019 yep. to photograph Dublin in its gentrification, gentrified sort of, uh, manner and yep. how it had changed so dramatically with all these high tech companies there, which, you, you know, you couldn't imagine this way back in in 69 when I was first there photographing so yeah sometimes I do it just on purpose to sort of create a, a better and fuller story yeah absolutely and and when you talk about the, the tactile elements of the book how important are they and how much how much do you get involved in 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 those details of the book because I think it's it's such, for me a book such a physical object that it's all about how it touches how it feels how sure and all well, no, I mean I'll, I'll be looking at the cover that's very important. I'll be yep. looking at how the cover is printed, yep. uh, what sort of paper to use. You know, I don't like having paper that's too matte. It, yes. it, it, it takes in, soaks up too much black, yep. uh, especially with black and white images. So yeah, all these details, uh, but because I'm used to doing it, yeah. I know pretty much uh, you know, what to do and what to say. Yeah, and I suppose you, you'll know what works well for your, for your own images as well when, you, when you've been involved in over 100 books, that, I suppose. That's the idea, yeah. <laughs> I suppose, suppose that that's it. It's always, it's always, it's always the idea, and ho hopefully it always works. Um, and overseas work as well. Are, are you are you still keen on traveling overseas, or trying to get back into traveling overseas and, and building up the archive from there as well for new yes. projects? No, I mean I haven't done much shooting abroad yet, yeah. but uh, I certainly intend to to go and do that. You know, I went to Italy in May, and I did some shooting there, in fact, and I'm going to Switzerland in September. I will do shooting there as well, but. Uh, it's just it's pretty casual it's nothing it's not like i'm going to do a book yes. on my trip in switzerland for a week yeah. you know yeah. i'll just be taking any pictures that i come across yeah brilliant and out, out of all out of all your books do you have any particular favorites uh, i think the last resort is still the one that um you know people like the best it's it's been printed six or seven times and uh, it just keeps on going it just keeps on selling it so yeah i, I think that's probably the best. it's a bit depressing to think I took that 35 years ago. You know, what's happened to me since <laughs> like, have I gone downhill? You know, because very, how often do you hear people saying, oh, I liked his early work? And then, it, and then it, it fell away a bit. So, you know, I've been trying my best not to get into that category by giving myself new challenges, you know, doing different types of shooting. 
producing uh, and creating an archive and a foundation. Yep. So, yeah, I try and keep myself on the ball so I don't sort of get uh, accused of you know, repetition and being a big, fat, wealthy uh, middle-aged photographer. Well, I'm old now, not middle-aged anymore. <laughs> And and what what are the, what are your plans for the foundation? Obviously, I know you, you've talked about you've talked about building up the library and and representing the the British and Irish documentary photography scene, and obviously the photo book events as well. What what are, what are your plans for that going forward? Well, pretty basically, more of the same. You know, I mean, we're enjoying this position of uh, of giving photographers that aren't particularly well known, you know, an exhibition, or sometimes taking a well known photographer and finding a different angle. Yeah, uh, examine and look at. You know, we do four shows a year. We talk uh, here internally with the staff. We have trustees as well who we consult Excellent. and also get advice and feedback from. And we create a program. And you know, we think that uh, the program that we do is pretty exciting. We have a fantastic membership scheme. I urge your listeners to uh, s subscribe at least. But yes. come and join the the, the foundation. You know, if you join for something like 25 quid, you get 10% off in the bookshop. Uh, you get a tour of the foundation. Uh, you get special events like members photography competitions. So, yeah, I think it's a very good way of engaging with a, a set of people that also enjoy photography in the way that you do. Yeah, absolutely. And I, 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 I'm not a member at the moment, but I've, I've been spending a lot of time looking at it. I, I dare say the 10% discount in the photo book shop is a slippery slope. Any any <laughs> any any discount in any photo book shop for me is generally a, a, a bad thing in, in, in some ways, but I'm certainly looking forward to it coming okay, down. Okay, well, if you don't become a member, I'll have to cancel this interview. You know, it's a simple <laughs> Well, I'll on, be looking uh, out for your uh, submitted form. Yes, well, that, that's any, it. Don't anytime worry. soon. Yes, it, it, it will follow. It will follow soon, and I, I'm certainly looking forward to coming down because it, it's it's for me. It's such a great community. There's a lot of people who are exceptionally passionate about photo books as well, um, mm -hmm. and and I, I think I think there's a real there's a real community about it, which I think maybe lacks in 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 this modern day social media world, whereby everyone's concerned about likes and that actually the ability to have discussions with people who are passionate about something similar as well. And probably very much in the same way, won't uh, won't certainly put a, a good photo or any photo book or any photo zine in the bin as well, uh, because because yeah, it's it's that's sacrilege as far as I'm concerned. But uh, yeah. but one thing I'm one thing I'm always very interested, and I'm sure you could probably talk for quite a long time on this subject is. What uh, what photo books are personal favourites of my guests? Normally, I would ask for maybe four or five recommendations, but given given your vast collection, one your second collection, but two your first collection, I'd really be I'd really be interested to for if you're able to share maybe a, a, sure. some some maybe. some of your books and the re and the reasons why behind the books because um, I think that's that's for me is one thing that allows me to explore new names and new avenues for my own my own personal benefit. And well, you're going to hear names that are pretty familiar, really. I mean, I think first off, uh, let me choose a couple of British books. So I think I'd do a day off by Tony A. Jones for reasons I've already explained. Yep. And also Infoglanti by um, Chris Killip. Yes. Was really one of the best books um, uh, that we've ever seen from a post-war British photographer. And uh, we have uh, every print from the um, project. We also have two dummies. With right. silver prints in of uh, that he created when he was fine tuning the uh, the narrative and the sequencing there. So you know we've got it very well represented in our foundation, but Absolutely. it is also still a brilliant book. And uh, 
it'll be fantastic because this autumn in the photographer's gallery there'll yep. be a retrospective exhibition of his work which is the first time that's been done so it'll be a, a great opportunity for you and your listeners to actually catch up with probably the, the real star of British photography yeah. in post-war Britain. And then from abroad, you know, I'd have to choose something like The Americans by Robert Frank. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when I was at college, uh, the art teacher there bought a creative camera magazine and we, I began to see images by, you know, Friedlander, Winogrand, uh, all those people, Robert Frank. Uh, and that was a real turn on. So let me choose the Americans. And then, of course, I want to choose a Japanese book. So I have that Bye Bye Photography by Daido Moriyama. It's one of the books I discovered when I was in Japan in the 90s. And I looked at it and couldn't really believe how good it was. And that, uh, at that time, you know, we didn't really know who Daido Moriyama was. Now he's much better known and widely appreciated. Yeah. But back in the 90s, you know, the Japanese books, which were done in the 60s and 70s, what we call the provoke era named after the magazine weren't really known in Britain or indeed in America so that was a real revelation for the photography community so that's four books just off the top of my head uh which is some I mean then I could have another American book like Eggleston's Guide yeah you know, that uh, that was a very formative uh, book which uh, accompanied his exhibition at the moment in 1976 and caused an absolute stir you know it got trashed by the critics that's always a good sign. Yes. I always say that about my own books, you know, oh, well, if they don't like it, it's a good sign. It must be something. It must have something. It's it's something that's worth thing is to be ignored rather than actually appreciated. Yeah. And what, what about what about other British books? Are there other particular favourites of yours or, or ones, that you, that ones that you find yourself coming back to as well? I mean, you know, people like Simon Roberts have done very good books. Uh, yep. you know, Sean Davey. She's done wonderful books. I mean, there, there's some great things around. I mean, I could pick through, you know, I've got literally hundreds of them here on the shelf. Uh, so it's difficult really now to uh, to know how and when to show you. But I just mentioned those two. Um, you know, I've done with uh, Jerry Badger, you know, three volumes of the history of the photo book. Yes. Each volume has something like 250 books in. So if you want to see the 750 books that he and I like, yep, buy, those, buy the set of those books and then you're off. Yes. And each one of those is is pretty brilliant, you know, and they're all very different, coming from different places, different attitudes, different countries, but uh, all they've got in common is their brilliant photography. Yeah, I, I, absolutely, and, and and for me that that's that's what it's all about. It's it's opening up and, and exposure to exposure to different ways and the, the the foundation as well. But it's it's also it's it's fascinating just hearing about your passion for for the photo book as well. There there are so many people who 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 I think maybe would love to produce publish one or two. So it, it's great to hear you you offer some advice based based on your years of experience as well. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I mean, you can find on the internet many interviews with me. Yeah. Now you can find uh, interviews on the net with people like you that, uh, <laughs> that do interviews. And I guess, you know, for aspiring photographers, these potentially can be quite interesting. Yeah. And the other thing you've got to do is to learn from, you know, the history of photography. Look yeah. at that, you know, look at magazines, look at books, go on Instagram, find people that you like, you know, follow them. Uh, and what you've got to do is sort of learn from what they've achieved and done and then create it and make it your own. But most people fail to do that, as I say, because they, they yeah. think they've done it when they haven't really started. Uh, so, you know, sadly, 
the, the, uh, you know, the bar is too low with many of the photography books that get published. And I'd even put myself in that category as well. So there you go. I'm not uh, pretending <laughs> I'm exempt from that. And is there is there anywhere that you would you would particularly like to photograph or create a create a book or a body of work from? Obviously, you're pretty well travelled, but is there anywhere that's missing that really appeals to you? Uh, well, I've done two things this year, which I've always wanted to do. Um, first off, I went to Glastonbury. Oh, it's cool. always uh, it's always the last weekend of June, which is exactly when the Magnum AGM is on. So um, I thought, I'm not going to go to that this year. I'm going to go to Glastonbury. So that was a great uh, event, and I love photographing that. But also, because I got this CBE thing, um, and uh, they said there was, there was a bottleneck at the palace for, you know, for the investitures, yep. would you mind picking it up in Bristol? And uh, if you do that, we'll give you three tickets to the garden party. So I said, yes, that sounds very good. I'll take that offer. So mm -hmm. my wife and uh, our daughter and her uh, her friend came and I photographed there. But sadly, I can't ever use these pictures. Yes. We went to the palace afterwards. They say, no, you can't publish them. So I'm going to have to either do a secret zine somehow, because if you do that, <laughs> words are bound to get out. Yeah. But when I do a talk now, I'm actually going to show these, um, uh, basically, these, you know, these photographs of the band. Yes. So that's a good you... way of finishing off my yeah. talk. Absolutely. Well, that's it. You're not. You can't get much better than that. And are you going to do it? Did you enjoy Glastonbury? Are you going to do anything with that? Do you think? Yeah. That no. No. I, I love Glastonbury, and I, I. In fact, I've got an invitation to go back next year as well. So I will do that. Um, because I'm so drugged up after my myeloma, you know, I fell asleep by about eleven o'clock. So most people in Glastonbury, that's when they get started. Yes. So one of the things I've got to do is try and reverse my um, sleeping habits. And, you know, the trouble is I can't sleep during the day. I always wake up at six o'clock. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to have to train myself to um, you yeah. know, work through the night a bit yeah. more and well, not get knackered that I just fall asleep. Yeah, I, again, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it feels to me as though Glastonbury and big festivals like that are the ideal place to photograph people when you, particularly I suppose if it was maybe raining and you got, you've got the, everyone uh, dancing around and mud wrestling as well in the, Mud would be good, but the trouble is I have a mobile scooter and I'd be absolutely fucked. <laughs> um, in one sense, I'm quite glad that it wasn't raining. Yes. Uh, but, I mean, it was amazing because everyone, you know, hadn't been Glastonbury, it was, you know, for three years. Yep. So everyone who was there was totally in a good mood, you know, because here they are after that long period, you know, basically it's the nearest thing to heaven. Yep. You know, they've got the music, they've got the food, they've got the drinks. You know, they go around and see their favourite bands with their favourite people what's yeah. not to like so you can you know the mood was absolutely buoyant this year and that was fascinating to uh, to witness and and join in with yeah I, I, absolutely and you, you can't you can't beat that and i think now as well the seaside resorts will be filling back up and um, with people after two years of being two or three years of being away from it and i, I think it'll be it'll be fascinating just to see how that all impacts on uh, on on people's photography work as well when yeah, over the last yeah, no, years. I mean, I'll be at the seaside. I've already been to the seaside, but I'll be doing more uh, in August for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, very good. Excellent stuff. Well, Martin, it's it's been an absolute pleasure to to have a converse to have a conversation with you. You you really have a, an incredible passion for not just photography, but also for, for photography books, which is evident by. Uh, the mountain of bookshelves that are behind you, including the ones that are locked away in the cabinet, which I would love to get my hands on, probably like most other people as well. Hence why they're hence why they're locked away. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's great to hear about your work and about about the the foundation and and your legacy as well. So I I just like to say thank you very much, Martin. It, it's been a it's great been pleasure. Always a pleasure to share this uh, passion with someone who can appreciate.